It is bowl season, and Section YY8 is here to cover it all. It's Negative Niece, joined by Harbin here on this week's pod. Harbin, what's going on? Living the dream one nightmare at a time, brother. What about you? I heard that. Um, did you get to watch any of uh, Raw or SmackDown this week, WWE? Uh, I watched the first hour of Raw. What? I I recorded it because uh, I worked Monday nights. Um, I watched the first hour, and then I went back and I watched the last ten minutes of Raw. So pretty much the most important pieces. Uh, it was a good Raw. Um, it felt like a Raw after Mania. Um, because the Raw after Mania this year sucked. Yeah, it did. Um, it felt like that. Uh, I didn't get to watch any of SmackDown, just to be honest with you. But I watched clips on X, and it looked pretty good. And it looks like they're, uh, spoiler alert, uh, but also it's, by the time you're listening, it's three days later. Uh, they're setting up Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns, uh, probably for Royal Rumble. That's what I'm thinking. Um, it, it was so cool to see him back on Raw and SmackDown. His SmackDown appearance was a lot better. Um, because spoiler alert, if you hadn't watched it by this point, um, he signed with SmackDown. I kind of knew he was going to because CM Punk's probably going to be on Raw, I would assume. So, um, CM Punk, Randy Orton are back. It's the early 2010s all over again on WWE. So, it is. Uh, I, I haven't been into it like I used to be. Obviously, I I still watch the old '90s stuff all the time. But um, over the last few years, to me, it's just not been very good. But I feel like they've. I don't know if it was AEW coming around, but they have really stepped their game up over the last couple of years. They're doing a good job. I mean, healthy competition helps literally any product. You know, uh, whether it be entertainment or any other medium um but yeah definitely I, i'm gonna be honest this is a hot take but i think the pandemic saved wwe uh because 2019 wwe was probably the worst stuff that they've put out probably ever uh and i was still trying to keep up with it and it was awful um and aew came around in the summer of 19 and then obviously pandemic um they actually put out some pretty de decent stuff during the during the lockdown but AEW's rise and all that stuff it definitely helped WWE and and also Vince McMahon getting out and Triple H being in charge uh Triple H is on fire Mr. McMahon is gone sad not really not uh, really but it is sad it is it's sad but it's not it is, it is but it's not uh, if you still currently like to watch wrestling, uh, it's not a sad thing whatsoever. It was it was pretty rough. He was a lot of the he was a lot of the problem, unfortunately. But uh, if you are a wrestling fan and haven't been watching, tune in. It's it's for the most part, it's it's a lot deeper. Um, the talent is, and uh, of course, I watch too. I, I I'm a big Bianca Belair fan. I work with her dad, so. I get it. Just a little bit of inside info occasionally, 
most of the time he doesn't know what's going on. So he's not really much help. <laughs> but uh, he tells me all about what Bianca's doing, where she's at, what Vince or, or Hunter or uh, Stephanie and all of them say. So um, I get to hear some of that sometimes. All right, Harbin, we got a pretty loaded show here. Let's get right into it. It's, it's bowling season. Um, the Vols are going bowl bowling, third year in a row, back to Florida for a second year in a row. Last year, we were in the Orange Bowl in Miami. Now we're heading a little bit further north, but we'll be in Orlando for the Citrus Bowl. How surprised were you with the Citrus Bowl when it came out today? Uh, surprised. Um, shocked isn't a good word. But surprised is, um, I thought we were either going to be in Tampa or Jacksonville, uh, facing against a Drake Mayless North Carolina or a Sam Hartmanless Notre Dame or North Carolina State. Uh, that one also got some rumblings. Um, Iowa was never really in the question, um, uh, as far as bowl projections went for the last week week and a half or so ago um this one really doesn't get the people on its feet uh just to be honest with you the only reason it would is because Iowa was pretty good this year um they're boring as hell that's why everybody's upset or at least i am but they did go 10 and 2 uh, didn't really fare well this past weekend against Michigan, uh, which I think everybody with a brain outside of obviously uh, Lee Corso, Pat McAfee, and Theo Vaughn, uh, if you watch College Game Day, because three out of two picked Iowa, which is asinine to me. What uh, would you say if I picked Iowa to cover the spread at plus, oh, 20, at plus 22 and a half? I mean, it was gross. Uh, I didn't bet that game. Uh, I didn't bet it either. It was on our pick sheet. So, well, I mean, I didn't pick it whatsoever. But if I would have had any dog in the fight, uh, I would have taken uh, Michigan. Uh, I don't even know what the final score ended up being. What was the final score? It was like twenty six to nothing. Yeah, I know they got goose egg. Yeah. So yeah, Michigan. it was twenty. I think I'm pretty sure it's twenty six nothing. Um, In a parlay that ended up dying, I did take the under of thirty five and a half, which exceeded with flying colors. Um, that, that felt like free money. I was actually feeling pretty good about that twenty two and a half for very. I mean, even going into the fourth quarter, it was seventeen zero, and Iowa had tons of chances to kind of turn the momentum of the game a little bit with a with a pick six or not a pick six but a pick an interception that could have set them up in better field position and they they were most of the time on the other wrong side of the 50 all night long but um yeah I didn't win that game obviously and I also took Louisville plus two and a half that didn't work out either so yeah uh I felt like Louisville was the right play um if you're a gambler you understand what that term means obviously it didn't work out but that felt like their correct play um and i think that's what 
the majority of America and the committee was banking on, which we'll obviously get into later. Um, but I, I truly believe uh, the biggest that those two games weren't even the biggest two shocks of the weekend. Um, Oregon was nine and a half point favorite, which here's my biggest thing with that. Vegas is very rarely wrong. Okay. Normally when they set a line, the game is normally very close or in favor of the team that's favored. Um, Vegas had Oregon minus nine and a half and the wrong team was favored by 10 points. Uh, and I fell into that trap. Um, I thought Oregon was going to win, and I honestly, um, I thought they were going to kind of beat the hell out of them. I was like, there's no way this Washington team can beat them two times in a row because I truly thought Oregon was a better team. Now, I think they might be better, uh, um, but Washington is just a better matchup for them. Um, it's kudos to Washington. Um, they're now 13-0. and They're going to the playoff. Um, but going 13 and 0 in power five is not good enough to get into the college football playoff this year. Apparently not. Uh, which we'll I, get... have, I have very strong feelings about, which we'll save that. No, we'll, we'll save that one for here in a minute. I know you're, you're fired up about it. We talked before we started recording. Um, yeah, I was a little surprised this afternoon when, um, the bowl selections came out i actually had turned off the bowl selections because i had some other stuff going on this afternoon work related and um i did watch when i got finally got home i had got didn't get home in time to see the selection of the top four or the reveal um and like i said we'll get into that in a moment but uh, when I got home, they talked about that forever, and I was sick of hearing about it. Like, they had just, like, guys, you, you've talked about this for over an hour. You've interviewed every coach. Like, what else is there to talk about? So I turned it off. I was watching the the failing Titans and the Colts play um, and went back and forth between that and the Hero uh, World Championship or whatever that tournament's called, the Tigers hosting, Hero World Challenge. Um, so I was watching that back and forth, and – I just happened to log on the Twitter or the X, whatever you want to call it. And literally, as soon as I logged on, it was being posted that Tennessee was going to the Citrus Bowl. And I said, this has got to be fake. You know, Harbin, I fell for a fake report earlier in the week about, um, well, what was it? I've already forgotten. Oh, Tim Banks, Banks, the MTSU. MTSU Now, Now, in my defense, I saw a Sports Illustrated link about it. Because I actually that afternoon was Googling MTSU head coaching candidates because I had heard that the one and only Butch Jones was a candidate for that position. I don't know if he really was or not, but I'd heard that name on another podcast I was listening to. And I was like, who else are they looking at? If they're looking at at that bozo, who else are they looking at? So I topped in MTSU head coaching search. And the first link that pops up was a link to Sports Illustrated with Tim Banks on it. And I'm like, Tim Banks? So I click it, and it goes to an article to Rocky Top Insider 
which is a podcast that I listen to every now and then. And it went to an article about Kai Bates, a defensive back that uh, I believe he was committed to LSU, decommitted from LSU, and it was down to Tennessee, Florida State. He ended up choosing last week Florida State over Tennessee. So I was like, well, why, why am I clicking on this? It's not working. So I got on Twitter, and I had saw earlier in the day a fake Pete Thamel tweet. And you knew it was fake because the handle was like at Coach Josh Heupel something. But then I, I I had seen that article, and I was like, well, maybe that guy just was like RG West, and he hit on something. Um, I obviously was fake because I guess they fell for that same tweet, the the Pete Thamel tweet, because it never would pop up. And I had tweeted that there were reports out there that Tim Banks was going to MTSU. But then when you looked at his, uh, when you looked at the MTSU coaching search candidates, his name was nowhere on that list. So yes, I fell some, I guess I somewhat fell for a, for a fake tweet. No, you did. You did. I mean, I didn't. I didn't fall for that tweet. I mean, Sports Illustrated fell for it first, and yeah. I guess Rock. I guess they. I guess Rocky Top Insider posted it. Sports Illustrated picked it up, and it went from there. But when you Googled MTSU head coaching search that day, that was the first link that popped up. So even Google was spreading fake news, which they do quite a bit, anyways. But. um yeah, I fell for that, but I thought that was a fake tweet about the Citrus Bowl, so I scrolled down, and it was not fake. Um, I, I'm guessing Tennessee got into the Citrus Bowl. They uh, well, they got they fell upward, I guess. <laughs> um, it's kind of like Shane yeah. Beamer, you know, fell he he got successful for just because of his name, but you know, Tennessee fell up because the Peach Bowl took Ole Miss. Uh, Missouri's going to the Cotton Bowl, Georgia to the Orange Bowl, and Alabama somehow is in the playoffs. So that kind of moved everybody up a seed line and uh, put Tennessee into the Citrus Bowl versus Iowa. A little history on Tennessee in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, last appearance was 2001, well, the 2002, Capital One Florida Citrus Bowl. Uh, number eight, Tennessee, coming off a loss to LSU in the SEC championship game. Rohan Davey. Um, Tennessee beats Michigan and head coach Lloyd Carr, 45-17, uh, behind Casey Clawson and Jason Witten. Uh, just a thorough beatdown by the Vols over the Wolverines. And then Tennessee was in it back-to-back uh, -back years in 97 and 98. Sorry, 96, 97, uh, 96, we beat Ohio State. That was uh, Eddie George, Terry Glenn, um, who was the offensive lineman. Orlando Pace, um, big-time team there. They had lost to Michigan, Michigan the week before – last game of the season, didn't get to go to the Rose Bowl. Tennessee went back in 97, uh, beat Northwestern pretty handily, and that coined the phrase – from the old ball coach, Steve Spurrier, you can't spell citrus without UT. So a little history there on the Citrus Bowl. I don't know if we'd been before that or not. I don't really care. But uh, Vols are going back to Orlando, Camping World Stadium, home of two different WrestleManias. Bet some people didn't know that. I know of one. I think there was one not long ago, too. I'll have to double-check that. But I'm, I'm pretty sure there was two. Some buddies of mine went to the – to the first one 
is when Floyd Mayweather knocked out the big show. Um, but yeah. was the that guy we know four? I think that was when uh, Shawn Michaels retired Ric Flair. I believe that was 24 because 25 was the first of the first of the two Shawn yes. Michaels versus Undertaker. That's right. Um, a few buddies of mine went to that show, and one of them actually got hit in the head by Undertaker's pyro that night. And he had a big – He it looked like he had been to Ash Wednesday. He had big ash mark on his forehead, apparently. So, uh, Jack. But um, thoughts on, the, on Tennessee going to the Citrus Bowl versus Iowa? I know it's probably going to be a boring game, but um, really good for this program, I think, to go to the Citrus Bowl. It just – kind of validates where the program is right now. Um, Tennessee finished eight and four on the season. Had a, had a, I would say a good season, not great, not bad. Um, about right where, like we talked about last week, about right where we thought we should be. Maybe, maybe lost a game we shouldn't have, but, um, you know, Tennessee was projected to go to the Gator Bowl. So this is a little bit of a step up, especially on the payout. I think the total payout's 8.2 million, or it was a couple years ago. Um, but I think it's, it's good for Tennessee. It's, it's January 1st game. It's noon. Um, it's another chance for Tennessee to show where they're at as a program. Can they come out and beat a team? They probably should be. I was not a bad football team, but if anybody watched them play Michigan last night, of course, Michigan's one of the top four teams in the country, maybe one of the top two or three. Um, so they got exposed a little bit last night, but they're pretty good defensively. I mean, they caused Michigan – Michigan had to work to score the 26 or the 29 that they scored last night. It wasn't like they ran up and down the field. I think at one point in the in the second half, Michigan only had 190 total yards of offense. So, it was it was a, it was a grind for the Wolverines against Iowa. But Iowa is so bad offensively. I mean, it, it's literally like watching – a youth football team play offense. No offense to any youth football coaches or team players listening to this podcast, but they they have no deep threats at all. They're playing a third string quarterback who's about my size. They said he was 6'3, 252. I'm 6'2, 248 or 49, something like that. So it was probably like me out there playing quarterback. Um I don't know. I, I think Tennessee's probably a better team. Um right now than Iowa. Um, and this is another chance for Tennessee to go down and on a national stage and show that they're taking a step forward and rebuilding this program. Um, so I'm kind of excited about it, kind of on the fence if I want to go or not. Had some thoughts about it today. So was kind of glancing at flights a little bit earlier this evening. So I don't know. What do you think about it, Harbin? Tennessee versus Iowa. Um, it's boring as hell. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's just my it, 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 The over-under is 37 and a half. That's my knee-jerk, honest reaction. Um, the spread is seven and a half from what I've seen. That's what I saw. Um, also, knee-jerk reaction, I would take Iowa. Um, do I think we lose? No. Hell, we've played 12 games all year, and I've taken us every single game, so I'm going to stick with that, you know? But truthfully, I do think we can beat them. 
and I think we will. Um, but it could be extremely ugly, uh, kind of like the uh, the Texas A&M game this past year. I feel like A&M is probably the matchup that is most suitable for a comparison that we've played against them all year. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, there's not – I mean, I hate to sound like this, but, like, SEC, I mean, there's really not any teams that are like Iowa. No. You know? we play, we've play. we played multiple defenses that are as good as theirs or com- comparable to theirs. Uh, but every single team we've played, they've had a better offense. I think scheme-wise, they probably – resemble Kentucky more than anybody in the conference, but I think Kentucky's obviously probably a lot better than them offensively. I, they're bad. I was bad offensively. No, I would agree with that. Um, I think, it, like, I was – it was literally on the tip of my tongue. I think scheme-wise, it's Kentucky is the most comparable, but I think Devin Leary is leagues better than um, – I don't know his name. I'll call him baby Jared Lorenzen. Um, I don't know the cat's name. Um, I don't. I, I can't remember. Stat, I saw a stat. I sent it in our official YY group chat last night. Um, Iowa in twelve games. This doesn't include the Big Ten championship against Michigan. Uh, yards of offense through twelve games. They had two thousand nine hundred and fifty-six. Not good. If Not good. Know. Normally bad. Um, that ranked 133rd out of 133 in Division One football. Right next to it had yards of punts. They had 3,766 yards of punts in the first 12 games. Which, if you're not quick on your feet with math, that is 810 yards more of punts than they had of total offense. Yikes. Which ranked first out of 133. Let's look at some other numbers of Iowa here. Um, Where do you think they ranked in total offense in the country, Harbin? Uh, Is this... Points or yards? This is uh, yards per game, and this is in all of the land. So, is this out of 133? This says 130 is all I'm seeing. Okay. Uh, Out of 130, I'm going to put them at 119. You are too high, my friend. They are ranked 130th in the country in total offense, which equals yards per game. They average 238.8 yards per game. They are last in the country. Uh, Kent State is 129, and they had 270.4 yards per game total offense. Um, That's dismal. Uh, In comparison, the Vols were 17th in the nation in total offense. Yards per game, 453.5 yards per game. Now, let me ask you, where do they rank on that same stat on the defensive side of the ball? 
Well, let's look it up. I figured you had it handy. Uh, I was getting ready to go there, but you beat me to it. Got to keep you on your toes. We have <laughs> so so. I was uh, as bad as they are offensively. They're better defensively. Um, they rank fifth in the nation total defense. They allow 274.8 yards per game. Tennessee, in comparison, is 39th in the country total defense, allowing 348.7 yards per game. Tennessee has allowed 30 touchdowns to its opponents this year, while Iowa has allowed 15 opponents' touchdowns this year. Offensively, they gave up 14 touchdowns. Tennessee gave up 28 touchdowns on defense. So Tennessee is top 17 offensively, top 39 defensively. Iowa is the worst of the worst offensively and top five defensively. So both sides of the ball, just a huge contrast. I wanted to look at their schedule too, um, just to give – and we'll have a preview show of, of Tennessee's ball game beforehand, but here just a quick glance at their schedule. Uh, they beat Utah State 24-14. Utah State, I believe, is in the Potato Bowl. Um, they beat Iowa State 20-13. They beat Western Michigan 41-10. They're off to a 3-0 start. Uh, they get trounced by Penn State 31-0. They beat Michigan State, who stinks, 26-16. They beat Purdue, who stinks, 20-14. They beat Wisconsin 15 to 6. They lost to Minnesota 12 to 10. They beat Northwestern 10 to 7. They beat Rutgers 22-0, Illinois 15 to 13 and Nebraska 13 to 10 and lost to Michigan 26-0 last night. So their three losses, they lost to Michigan 26 to 0, Penn State 31 to 0 and Minnesota 10 to 12. So in their three losses, they scored a combined 10 points. So when they play somebody worth a shit, they get bounced. That I read all that to say that exact point, yes. Yeah, I mean, um, I th Michigan's obviously better than us. Uh, and I'd venture to say that Penn State is better than us. Uh, their only two losses were to Michigan and Ohio State. Um, so we're – and obviously we're better than Minnesota. I don't think that needs to really go without saying. Yes. Um, yeah, by the numbers, we should handle this game. Uh, but there's a lot of factors that go into ball games, especially when they're non – New Year's Six games, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, we don't know how hard we're going to quote-unquote try. And also them, you know. Uh, they may have been hoping for a New Year's Six game. Um, I remember that Iowa-Minnesota game, and they should have won that game. Which, obviously, Iowa is better than Minnesota. If they played 10 times, Iowa probably wins that game seven or eight times. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Uh, seven and a half is a weird number on a game like that. Because you can be like, oh, we're definitely going to beat them, and then, you, and then we win by seven. And it's like, oh, I didn't win any money on that. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, but if we stuff the run, because they're not going to throw it on us, we can have that game plan we had against Kentucky. And if we stuff the run, we will beat the hell out of them. If the offense has a resemblance of a pulse, which I believe they will. Um, a lot of it, like you said, the, these bowl games anymore, especially over the last few years, but we don't know who at this point is going to play. I mean, officially no one for Tennessee has opted out of anything at this point. Um, but will someone like Jalen Wright play? That's up in the air. Now, there's some other rumors about some guys that may be entering the transfer portal. I think the transfer portal opens on Monday the 4th, which is tomorrow by the, when we're recording this. So if you're listening to this, the transfer portal is probably open. There's rumors about Dylan Sampson possibly entering the transfer portal. Nothing has officially come out. Nothing. I've not seen anything. I mean, I just saw something a minute ago that Walter Nolan at Texas A&M plans to enter the transfer portal. He's probably not going to play for Texas A&M in their bowl game. Um, so that stuff could happen over the next two to three weeks. So a lot. That's why we don't really want to preview the game at this point because we don't know what it's going to look like. I mean, last year in the Orange Bowl, we didn't have Jalen Hyatt. We didn't have Cedric Tillman. Um, I mean, we were missing some key offensive pieces. Didn't have Hendon Hooker. And Tennessee still went down there, did what they needed to do, and beat Clemson. They looked like the better football team. And I think at this point, Tennessee is a better football team. I mean, the record doesn't say that, but they are. I mean, Iowa did not beat anybody that was really that good all year. I mean, Utah State going to a bowl game. I think Iowa State's going to a bowl game. Um, but anybody that was worth anything, they got – they scored 10 points in their three losses against really good teams, Michigan, Penn State. I think Minnesota's going to a bowl game. They're not world killers or anything. But I think Tennessee's a better team than – than Iowa, but you're right. There's a lot goes into these bowl games anymore. Who's I is Iowa gonna have anybody sit out? I mean, this is the last game for their offensive coordinator. He's he's out the door. Um, he's not coming back. Brian Ferentz or Kirk Ferentz, Brian Ferentz. I guess that's his son. It's his um, son. That's kind of weird situation. The university said they're not renewing his contract, but they why would you? Well, uh the the funniest thing about Iowa is that uh he hired his son as offensive coordinator, but um, the word is escaping me right now. And uh, anyway, to prove that there was no biasness towards family members, the word will find me here, son. Uh, there's a there's a clause in his contract that Iowa had to average 24 points a game to keep him on staff. And pretty much, like, there was three weeks left in the regular season. And they're like, hey, you're not coming back. You can coach the rest of the season, but you're not coming back. You're done. Yeah. That's how that's how bad you are. Like, your father is the head coach, and you're done after week nine or ten. What do you think um, – and I haven't really talked to – a whole lot of people about it. Um, the Skybox crew, some of them seem excited about going. What do you think Vol Nation's excitement level is for this game? You know, last and it's weird because last year I remember on this night 
Sunday night after the bowl games were announced, myself, Kevin Griff, Laura Franklin, listener of the show, her husband, and several others, we're all like scrambling. We, we got to find airline tickets. Where are we getting tickets to the game from? And, I mean, we were up till 12, 1 in the morning trying to get airline flights because they were going like crazy. I don't think we're going to have that type of intensity as far as trying to get flights, tickets, all that stuff in the same time frame that we did last year. So I'm curious what the level, the excitement level of, of Vol Nation is going to be. I know it's probably not going to be be as big as it was last year, obviously, but you know what's the crowd going to be like in Orlando? That's a place we've not been in 22 years or 23 years. Well, 22. Um, will will we take 15, 20,000 fans down there? Maybe. I hope so. No, I, and, I, I definitely believe so. Um, we travel well. Uh, I would say we're probably we're definitely in the top ten of a traveling fan base in the country. I'd venture to say we're top five. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hell, maybe top three. Um, I think the bowl itself is better than what we thought we were going to get. But the matchup is more boring, if that makes sense. Like, on yeah. paper, it's like, oh – we get a 10 and three aisle with them playing the big 10 championship. But when you look at it, it's like, ah, we're playing Iowa. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. You know, um, which really, if you boil it down, it's really not that worse than playing or, or better, whichever way you want to look at it. Our more than likely what we thought was we we're going to, we we're going to play North Carolina. And Drake May was not going to play because he's a surefire top five NFL draft pick. Or it was going to be NC State. And, I mean, who gets out of their seat for North Carolina State? You know? Yeah. I kind of knew we wouldn't play NC State because we play them in the second game of the year next year. I just couldn't see them right. matching us up with them. Right. And that too. Um, and then Notre Dame crept in this past week and the only way we were going to get Notre Dame uh it was if uh LSU kind of bitched our way out of it because Brian Kelly didn't want to play him you know um uh, which I don't is LSU and Notre Dame playing each other I well, I believe LSU is playing Wisconsin in the Rely Quest Bowl which used to be the Outback Bowl which used to be the Hall of Fame Bowl Okay. See, so LSU's in Tampa, Tennessee's in Orlando. I knew nothing about the. I know, I have zero idea about the bowl projections. Um, hell, I didn't even find out that Tennessee was playing Iowa until about six thirty tonight after I got off work. Um, mm. Well, like I said, we'll we'll talk more about it. It's um. Like I I totally agree with you. It's a uh, the bowl. When I first saw it, I was like citrus bowl but then i saw that hawkeyes logo next to it and i was like uh. it's not going to draw a lot of eyes i mean but i think a lot of tennessee fans will i would assume and hope make that trip um because it's a place we've not been in a while and i think outside of the new year's six bowls it's probably the most prestigious bowl game out there i would i would guess 
I mean, besides it or the the Outback Bowl or ReliQuest Bowl, whatever they're calling it, I think those two are it. I don't know what other bowl outside of the New Year's Six would be in that category. As yeah. far as payout, prestige, the time that it's played. I mean, you play on New Year's Day, which for you young young one youngins out there, there weren't many bowls that weren't on New Year's Day. They were very few back in the day. And when you did not play on New Year's Day, those bowls were looked at as lame. And now every there's bowls for three weeks. I mean, we didn't even play on New Year's Day last year. The Orange Bowl was always on New Year's Day. It was on December 30th last year, whatever day it was on. Um, but, yeah, it's um, – I'm glad Tennessee's going to it. We've already been to the Gator Bowl the last decade. Somewhere new for Tennessee fans to go, and I'm excited for the game. We'll see. I don't know. We'll talk more about it coming up over the next few weeks, but uh, it's another – Another opportunity, Harbin. I've talked about it all year. Another opportunity for Tennessee to show where they're at as a program and to show that they're in the process of hopefully taking that next step. I don't know that we'll ever get to the level of Alabama or Georgia at this point after watching those two teams play. Um, but I think you know, Tennessee keeps their head down and keeps working, keeps recruiting. That They could possibly get to that point sometime in the next five years or so. But I think for now – you just got to keep your head down, keep plugging, and see where it takes you. All right, Harbin, switching gears. Same sport, but different topic. I know it's the one you've been wanting to talk about. I don't know if it chapped your like it did mine this afternoon, but uh, college football playoffs uh, were announced this afternoon, and we kind of thought there might be a shakeup after – uh, what transpired yesterday, uh, I know there was a lot of talk. Um, you know, going, last night after the games were over and, you know, during the games, especially after Alabama beat um, Georgia in the SEC championship. But I, I just – my whole thing, I, I don't know – from year to year anymore, it's kind of like the NCAA tournament. You don't – and I, I realize it's different people, different – um, different perspectives, different um, different opinions, all that stuff. But I just don't know what they're doing year to year. I don't know that they know what they're doing year to year. And it's obviously a, a crapshoot. But Michigan, number one, Washington, number two. And here are the two surprises. Not a surprise that this team is in, but number three, Texas. It was a surprise kind of where they were, I think. And then the big surprise – but, uh, you know, us SEC folk should have known this was coming and should have known better. Alabama comes in at number four. So that's one story, one layer to this story. The next layer is undefeated ACC champion, Florida State Seminoles, number five, left out of the college football playoffs. The first Power Five school to win their conference championship to not be – invited to the playoffs now if this were next year we, we it wouldn't matter we'd just be complaining and bitching about the seating um but they would have been in in the top 12 let's go let's go through the top let's do the top 12 here very quickly tennessee came in at number 21 by the way you got michigan one washington two texas three alabama four then you've got florida state at five georgia who suffered their first loss in over two years drops from one to six 
I'll have more on that in a minute. Ohio State's at seven. Oregon is at eight. Uh, Dorquitz brings his Missouri Tigers in at nine. Penn State is at 10. Uh, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss are at 11. And Oklahoma's at 12. Uh, other SEC schools in here, uh, LSU's at 13. Uh, Iowa, who Tennessee's playing in the Citrus Bowl, is 17. And, of course, I mentioned Tennessee at 21. Others of note, Liberty at 23, SMU at 24. Um, so there's been some squabbling back and forth about those two teams and where they ended up. Um, Harvin, I'll let you get right into it because you're fired up about this, and then I'll give my thoughts. What are your initial thoughts about the college football playoff rankings and who they let into the actual playoffs, the top four? Uh, just to be blunt, uh, this was bull- um, excuse my French. Um, it's all right. We beeped it out. What we learned today at noon is that going 13 and 0 and being a power five champion means nothing. Essentially. Um, now the committee is going to try to use that bullshit excuse of, Well, Jordan Travis got hurt, this and that. Nice, and to the millions and millions of listeners at home or in your car, let me ask you this question. Okay. Ask away. Let's say that Alabama beat Texas earlier in the year. Okay. And let's say that Jalen Milrow, broke his leg against University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. And let's say after that, Ty Simpson comes in and plays in the Iron Bowl and gets a concussion in the Iron Bowl. Then they have to bring in, uh, help me with his name, the cat that tra- transferred in from uh, uh, Alabama. Uh, from Notre Dame. Notre Dame, yeah, Tyler, uh, or Tyler, some Tyler uh, is not Buchanan, but something like that. Tyler, something or other, I don't know. Anywho, <laughs> let's say Bama goes twelve and up. Okay, they're starting their third string quarterback. Meanwhile, let's say you have Florida State with Jordan Travis all year, and let's say they lost to a team like Texas early in the year, but nobody got hurt. And they ended up winning their conference championship against somebody as good as a Georgia or somebody or, or a Michigan or somebody of that nature. Do you think on God's green earth, the committee would ever say, oh, well, let's see here. Uh, yeah, Bama went 13-0, and but they're on their third-string quarterback. Meanwhile, we got uh, Florida State over here that lost to Texas, but they've still got their, their quarterback. Is there any chance Florida State gets in over Alabama in that scenario? I don't think so. Absolutely There's no not. way in hell. Absolutely not. It's, it's bull. And they tried to get on that TV 
and tell us, well, Florida State's not the same team. I'm not saying they are, but they won their rivalry game over Florida, which I'm not saying Florida's good, but they went in there and they won with a backup quarterback after being down 12 to nothing at that. Uh, they won with a backup quarterback. Backup quarterback gets hurt. And then you think of the ACC championship game, you're like, okay, whatever. They played a 10-2 and Louisville team who is ranked number 14 in the playoff rankings. It's not like they were playing 8-4 and Boston College or somebody like that. They were playing a top 15 team that was good. And they beat them by double digits with a third-string quarterback. And it's ridiculous. Um, I'm not going to use the term that I want to, but um, this is a travesty to college football. And it's a total cop-out by the committee because next year we won't have to worry about this because um, all four of the Power Five uh, champions will be in automatically. Um, it's, it's just straight horseshit, personally. Um, I thought that it was going to be Michigan 1, Washington 2, Florida State 3, and Texas 4. And the reason for that thought process that I have, the top three are undefeated Power 5 champions in my lifetime, or at least in the playoffs lifetime, that gets you in. Uh, and the reason I had Texas over Alabama is they're both conference champions and they both have one loss. But we've seen that game before. Texas won at Alabama. And I don't give a shit that it was in September. Hell, it could have been in April for all I care. It was this season, and we saw that game happen before. Florida State played 13 opponents, and they beat every single one of them. But you want to punish 90-something kids because one got hurt. That's what, that's what we're doing here. And everybody – and the reason being, everybody's like, oh, well, Jordan Travis was a – Heisman level quarterback. Nathan Nice, answer this question for me. Okay. Since, since week three, when was Jordan Travis ever in legitimate Heisman talk? Not that anything I ever saw. <laughs> being on it wasn't. But to get Alabama in in this scenario, they had to act like he was the he was the number four man behind Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix Jr. Let me let me ask you a question, Harbin. While we're on the topic of getting out, getting Alabama in, uh, I've seen this floated around quite a bit. Do you think that Tennessee was put into the college football rankings to solely bolster? Yes, Alabama yeah. Crimson Tide and the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, well. We were in the playoff rankings the whole time. I think you meant the AP. Yeah. 
no, uh, no, no, no. I mean, both of them. Like, we were, we were unranked. This is another no. thing that blew my mind. No. And we're let's hold on. Let me go back here. We were, we have been twenty-one in the playoff rankings for weeks. After the Missouri loss, we dropped, and then after the Georgia loss, we barely dropped. And there has been some constant like, well, Tennessee was left in there that highly rated to prop up Alabama and Georgia in case this happened. And I don't know if that's the case or not. I, once you get past the top six or seven or eight teams, it's pretty watered down, in my opinion. Well, um, well let's look at the AP poll. Uh, after we beat Vanderbilt uh, in week 13, I guess it is, um, we beat them handedly at that. 24 uh, we, points. We drop out of the top 25. Okay. I tweeted this earlier today. It's crazy. We were eight and four, you know, and there's a lot of eight and four teams that do not stay in the top 25. You know, I, I wasn't that upset with it. But Oregon State went eight and four in the Pac 12. But they stayed at number 21 after getting beat by 30 something by Oregon. And I and I remember when those polls came out, I was like, why is Oregon State still 21 being eight and four? But the Tennessee Volunteers, after having three top ten losses, which they do not have. They have two, if I'm correct. Uh um, why did we drop out, but they stayed in after a beatdown? Um, but then all of a sudden, after not playing, we suddenly reappear in the top 25. <laughs> so, yep, your theory has some legs. Um, it's not my, it's not my theory. I, I, I didn't, I didn't no, really I mean, want to get into that, but I did see that floated theory. around by several people the last few weeks. Uh, and when did the AP poll come out this week? Answer me that. Um, I for this week, I I saw it this morning. I don't know when it was. I don't know if it was last night or early this morning. Usually okay. comes out on Sunday mid mornings. Okay. Well, the playoff rankings were revealed at noon. So there you go. Um, I, I it, just, it, sorry, I mean, I don't think, I don't think their, I don't think their win over us was the deciding factor. But they definitely threw us back in there as a talking point for sure. Um, I truly believe that. Um, but it's it's. It's ridiculous. Um, everybody, uh, a lot of the people I talked to this morning was, "Are you really going to leave out the SEC champion?" And I was like, "Yes." You know, <laughs> um, you can't, you can't let Georgia get in as a one-loss at-large bid when they lost pretty much their only huge game of the year because you knocked Ohio State out of contention. When they lost to Michigan, Ohio State's in the same boat as Georgia. They they go eleven and one, and they lose to the number two team in the country. They drop all the way to six. Okay, 
Uh, same thing happens with Georgia. They play Alabama. Alabama beats them. They drop to six. Um, so Georgia was never in if they lost, as crazy as it seems, because they hadn't lost in two years or three years or whatever it was. Um, and you had to have Texas in. Because uh, Texas had Texas was also a conference champion, just like Alabama, and they had to head the head against them. So they were in no matter what as well. Um, what the committee was really, truly banking on was Florida State losing to Louisville. And I feel like a lot of people thought that was going to happen. But Louisville's frauds. Uh, we saw that just a week ago when they got beat by Kentucky. Yeah. A not good Kentucky team. Yeah, imagine that. Right. Um, so we can I mean, with a second, third, fourth, what, 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 string quarterback, it don't matter. Um, it's just, it's insane to me because resume really doesn't matter. Because uh, everybody wanted to point out, everybody that was on Alabama side wanted to point out strength schedule. Alabama had the number five strength of schedule while um, Florida State had the thing, I believe it was the 55th. Okay. That's all fine and dandy. You look at strength of record, which accounts strength of schedule, obviously, versus um, expected wins versus said strength of schedule with your roster. Uh, Alabama's strength of record was number four. Florida State's was three. And truth being told, I think strength of record is more important than strength of schedule. Um, There's going to be some people potentially agree with me on that. There's going to be people that disagree with that. That's whatever. The committee's made their choice. I'm just blowing air at this point. Um, but the fact of the matter is, as long as the as as long as the four team playoff has been around in the I guess this is the tenth year, um, there has never once been an undefeated Power Five conference champion not make it in. And to justify getting an SEC team in, you're like, oh, Florida State will get blown out because their pretty good quarterback is hurt. And I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that. Do I think Florida State is one of the best four teams in the country? No, I do not. Uh, truthfully, if I... I personally think if the four best teams were represented in the playoff, uh, Georgia's in there. Um, and you could you can talk about Texas and Alabama all day. Um, I'm probably giving that nod to Alabama. Uh, if we're going off the four best teams. Um, but the fact of the matter is, it don't matter if Florida, if you think Florida State is one of the top four best teams in the country, 
they earned their right to show if they are or not. And they got that taken away from them because the player and the coach decided to not sit out senior day. I mean, the man got hurt in a meaningless game. Yeah. But he played his last game in Tallahassee. And he unfortunately got hurt. It wasn't a dirty play or anything. It was, I mean, some people will say it was a hip drop tackle, which is NFL bullshit, whatever. But you're punishing a roster full of kids that went 13 and 0 because one player got hurt. And I think that's absolutely wrong. I think it's corrupt. And Florida State got robbed. And I hate Florida State. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't like Florida State. But letting in a one-loss team that lost at home at that over an undefeated conference champion is despicable. So, that's, that's, I yeah. sense. so here I tweeted this earlier today. Here's my Here was my top four. This was before it came out. So there is record of it being out there. I had Michigan one, Washington two, Georgia three, Florida State four. And when I explain this, it's going to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here. So bear with me. Um, I had Michigan and Washington in because I think they're obviously the two best teams in college football. I had Florida State at four because out of the top four that I had, I felt like they were the weakest of the uh, of the four that I had in. But I felt they were deserving. They went 13-0 and or 12-0, and whatever their record is. They're undefeated. They won their conference championship, and I think that means something. So here's where I'm going to start talking out of both sides of my mouth. I put Georgia in. So my sole logic on this was I put Georgia, Texas, and Alabama in a hat and looked at them. They all three have one loss, correct? What? Right. <laughs> they all three have one loss. Texas beat Alabama. Alabama has a good loss on their resume. Texas lost to Oklahoma. Not a bad loss. Not as not if you're if you're saying a loss is good, it wasn't as good as Alabama losing to Texas. And Georgia has a loss losing to Alabama. A good loss. Alabama's a good football team. I hate to say it, but they are. So I compared the three losses. And I felt like Georgia's loss was better than Alabama's loss, was better than Texas's loss. And that was my sole reasoning for keeping them out, even though Alabama won a conference title, even though Texas won a conference title. So I am kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth, but I think this year there was a problem, and we kept hearing this going on and on leading up to this week over the last few weeks. Where is the committee going to take the most deserving teams? Or are they going to take, in their opinion, the best four teams? I don't know that they got it right. I don't know that they got it right. I Is Florida State one of the best four teams in the country right now? No, they're absolutely not. Without their number one quarterback, without QB1, they're not. I watched them play Louisville last night. They, they stunk offensively. Will they be a little bit better with QB2? Probably, but QB3, not ready. Um, 
But what is the point of playing these games in the, in the season if it doesn't mean anything this time of year, is my opinion. And you have, in my opinion, and this is – and I'll talk about this in a second. In my opinion, Georgia's loss was better than Texas's loss, was better than Alabama's loss. That was my only reason for putting them in. Um, I, I, I don't understand, and I got – I was thinking about it this afternoon – uh, at some point, we got to get this out of human beings' hands and go back to – I'm not saying the BCS, but something similar to the BCS. Somebody did tweet me and say, well, humans feed the BCS computer algorithms. That That is true to a certain point, but it, there's a lot goes into it. And I think at some point, you've got to get away from these opinions – of these 60, 70, 80 year old men that are sitting in a room for a week and a half and meeting all year long. Um, I, I think they got it wrong. I don't necessarily think that it's bad that Texas got in. I don't think it's bad that Alabama got in. They are deserving teams. By the way. But, but what does it mean if Florida State, like, what if Tennessee was in this position? And last, say last year, we we're in this position. Hendon Hooker goes down, but somehow we fight through it and beat South Carolina. Let's just play a hypothetical game. Would they put Tennessee in, in the college football playoffs last year? This committee would not. Now, they might have because we the next week we would go and blow out Vandy. If we had Gaston Moore out there, we probably would have blown Vanderbilt away. Um. So I don't know. It's just blown my – it blew my mind this afternoon listening to some of the reasoning and the mental gymnastics that some of these national pundits and fake news sports journalists, media put out there to justify Alabama being in the, the college football playoff. And it's so, not not that it's a bad decision. It's just not – I think Florida State got screwed. Real quick, I'm glad you brought up the BCS because it kind of segues into something. Um. My stats professor at Carson Newman, his name is Dr. Ken Massey. Uh, you can look this up if you don't believe me. Uh, actually, please Google it. It's 100% true. Uh, Ken Massey came up with, I believe it was 20% of the BCS formula for his uh, senior project while he was a senior at Bluefield College in Virginia. And they actually used it the whole time he was there. Uh, or the whole time that the BCS was in use. Um, they still teaching at Carson Evan. Um, so I looked up the BCS standings, what they would be today, just for shits and giggles. Uh, obviously, one, two is Michigan, Washington. That was no surprise. Um, they actually had Alabama number three. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of like whatever, but obviously – BCS standings, we always kind of wanted to argue. Well, they had Florida State at number four. And then they had um, Texas at number five, uh, Georgia six, Ohio State seven. I didn't look past that because that's really all that mattered. Um. So, yeah, um, the numbers favor Bama over Texas, which is kind of crazy in my opinion. 
so for that reason, I'm kind of thankful that we have um, uh, humans involved. But the the fact of the matter is, Florida State was always a top four team, and they still are. Why? Why? This dude QB one. What was Florida State's quarterback's name? I'm drawing a blank here. That's why I keep Jordan Travis. He went down what three weeks ago now? Two weeks ago. Uh, it was the night that we played uh, Vandy. Why? Or, did they... or no, 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 no. The night we no. played Jordan. Why didn't they drop him after that? Why yeah. were they still in the top four until yesterday or today or whenever? Exactly. Why? See, it's stupid. It just doesn't. I, I don't know. I, I just I don't understand the logic behind it. It's it's another one of those. I hate to get into this stuff because I I I I don't want to believe it's true. But I was sitting here at the house last night with Slagle and Griff, and I was kind of half joking around. I was like, "Which team is the SEC trying to trying to help out here?" And with some of the calls that happened, it looked like Alabama, and it's always going to be Alabama as long as Nick Saban's there. It's always going to be Alabama. It's going to be Georgia whenever they're playing somebody else. Um, and I think Georgia fans probably are feeling how everybody else in this conference feels today. And it's finally, it's time that they felt felt like this. And I, I'm not sad that Georgia's not in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to, I don't want that to come out of this. Like I'm, I kind of giggled when they didn't make it. Um, because they their fans need to be humbled the old country way a little bit right now. Um, and some of the looks on their fans, sad Georgia fans' faces yesterday in the Mercedes-Benz Dome or stadium, whatever it's called. But I just – the committee actually had to work this year for once. They didn't just have to plug Georgia in at one and figure out who the other – the other three didn't matter. You know, last year they caught a little flack for not putting Alabama in. I don't know why they had two losses. Put us in yeah. at that point. Um, but I, it was a tough call, whatever they did. I mean, if they left Texas out, they're going to get yelled at. If they left Alabama out, they're going to get yelled at. Um, because they all had legitimate gripes to be in. And this is the first time in several years that it's been this way, where you had – I don't think Ohio State had a legitimate gripe to be in even though they only had one loss. They were never in conversation to be in the top four. But, I mean, I think you look at Texas, Alabama, Georgia, Florida State were four teams competing for two spots, and they chose to go with one-loss teams that won conference titles over a undefeated team that won a conference title that, were, that was missing their quarterback. Remember when Tennessee played Florida State in the BCS National Championship? Florida State was missing their QB1. And the only reason they got in was because, and this was BCS, so here I can't complain, UCLA undefeated lost in a makeup game at Miami because they were supposed to play at Miami and a hurricane hit. And Texas A&M beat Kansas State in the Big 12 title game. Kansas State was undefeated. They all had one loss. Florida State jumped both of them, went to the BCS title game. We know what happened there. Picture right there on my wall shows you what happened. Um, but yeah, I just think it was I don't know. It it, it is a tough call either way. I just think they got it wrong. <laughs> I just do. I don't think it makes any I mean even Florida State out. Alabama's AD 
I, I thought had a good quote today. He said, well, if we would have known this would happen, we wouldn't have scheduled Texas. We would have just scheduled a group of five team. We'd been undefeated at this point, and it wouldn't have mattered. That's what he said last night because he was trying to pitch his case to be in. And he's right. You know, if it doesn't matter but what is he, he did in September, then – But is he right? Because kind of... Florida State went undefeated. That's what I'm saying. Like it shouldn't matter what you do all year long. It shouldn't be a well. They they haven't played well the last three weeks. So what? They won their game. They found a way to win. And if anything, I would give more credit to their defense the last three weeks. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> they were playing elite level defense the last three weeks. Absolutely. Um, their defense. I watched the. I watched damn near the entirety of that Florida game. Um, defense played lots out after the first quarter. Um, and then you look at that Louisville game, their defense, like if Louisville crossed the 50, you're like, damn, this is a good drive for Louisville. You know, I mean, their defense played awesome. And that's what good teams do when they have – a key player go down. You're not like, oh no, what are we going to do? Everybody else steps up to fill that hole. And that's exactly what they did. And if I'm, if I'm Mike Norville, I'm telling you this right now. If I'm Mike Norville, you, you would have to either gun me down in Times Square or send me to federal penitentiary in solitary confinement to get me to shut the hell up about how bad they got screwed. And he put out a statement and he's 100% right. Here, here's another one in this whole thing, not talking about the playoffs, but going into the new year, six bowls, Liberty got in at number 23 and are playing in the Fiesta bowl against Oregon. Um, I wish I would have looked up. Let's see here. Uh, Liberty's strength of schedule. Let's look them up. They won – what conference are they in? I don't know. The American or Colonial or something. According to TeamRankings.com, Liberty is 116 in strength of schedule. Okay? Uh, SMU, Southern Methodist University. Uh, don't know their strength of schedule. I can't find it. Um, but they had a case to be in as well. They won the um, American Athletic Conference. They probably won't have to worry about this from now on because they're going to the ACC. Um, Southern Methodist was 61. They had the same record as Liberty. Why is Liberty in over SMU? No, SMU had two losses. Liberty went undefeated. But (laughs) they both won their conference, and so you got to compare them somehow. So do you take an undefeated? I mean, take an undefeated conference champ versus a two-loss conference champ. I mean, but are they putting the best teams in or the more deserving teams? See, here again, they're like me, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. I don't know. When it comes to those group of five teams that get a New Year's Six Bowl, like you got to take the team that went undefeated or had the best record. I, uh, you know you what? Have- I, I'm kind of glad Liberty got in because. Uh, former Vol, Caden Salter, is the quarterback for Liberty. He's had a very good year. Uh, mentioned their strength of schedule is pitiful. I don't know who they've played. 
Uh, but a lot of Vol fans, especially uh, haters and losers of Joe Milton, have it. Well, if we had him, look at him. He's killing it. Okay, what if we had him? Would he perform at that level in this conference against the teams we're playing? I don't know. Maybe. But maybe not. I hate the way we all jump to conclusion. Like, oh, there's Michael Pitt. Michael Penix is killing it. Yeah, he is. He probably would have helped us this year. But he's also a six-year guy. He wouldn't have been here right now. He would have been here last year. It worked out, guys. We didn't need him. Um, I don't know. I'm interested to see Caden Salter on a big stage. I don't know what type of Oregon team he's going to face off against. Maybe Bo Nixless and some other guys might not be out there. So, uh, uh, Bo Nix said he was playing. Oh, good. I hope he does. No, he said it, no. He already came out and said he was okay. Good, um, but I'm interested to see that that matchup real quick. Um, the matchups in the New Year's Six bowls. I mentioned uh, the Fiesta Bowl, one o'clock on ESPN on January first. Wow, they're going up against the Vols. Um, let's see here: the Capital One Orange Bowl, number six Georgia versus number five Florida State. That's at four p.m. on. Oh, Saturday the 30th, December 30th, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl is at noon on Saturday the 30th, number 11, Ole Miss versus number 10, Penn State. Uh, Friday the 29th, the Cotton Bowl Classic, number 9, Missouri versus number 7, Ohio State. Dorkwitz gets his big shot on the big stage. And then the uh, college football playoff semifinals, you got the Rose Bowl at 5 o'clock on January 1st, right after the Vols game. Uh, number four, Alabama versus number one, Michigan, probably the two most historic college football programs ever facing off. And then you've got in the nightcap at the Superdome in New Orleans, number three, Texas, number two, Washington. Should be an entertaining game. Um, so that's the playoff schedule. I think the games will be good. They should be good. Um, again, I'm not saying that the teams that are in – shouldn't be there i think they have a legit gripe like everybody else i just i hate it for florida state and i'm like you i don't like florida state they can kiss my right butt cheek but um for years they were scared to play competition they wouldn't join the sec they were independent for a long time and then they joined the the big east i believe and now they're acc but um i just don't understand why they didn't get in because they, they went undefeated. They did everything they're supposed to do. And just because one player gets hurt, they're not in the playoffs. It just doesn't sit right with me. Because, like, what's the point of playing a season? What's the point? You're right, dude. Um, it don't make sense outside of money and viewership. I really don't. Um, the if you're going on deserving, then they fumbled it one hundred percent. But if you truly wanted the four best teams, then hell, you still didn't get it right, in my humble and honest opinion. Uh, Georgia would replace Texas. So whatever whatever format they base their thought process on, they didn't get it right. And really all it felt was they didn't want Michigan to run away with it. 
and they're like, oh, we'll put Alabama in. Did you see Michigan's team reaction when they found out they were playing Bama? They were like, eh. Oh, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't move. Um, they're... But the th- I mean, like, I Alabama is my pick to win it. That's the shitty part about the whole thing. Alabama, wow. Alabama shouldn't be in, but I think they win it. And then that's how the committee is going to base their pick on. And that's going to make it even more infuriating because the winner of that, in my opinion, the winner of that Michigan-Bama game, in my opinion, I think it will be Alabama, wins the national championship. And Alabama shouldn't be in that game to begin with. Before we get out of here, Harvin, let's uh... – there was uh, another sport that we needed to talk about involving the volunteers. Um, they had another big basketball game uh, this past week, Wednesday night at the Dean Dome in Chapel Hill. Um, we talked about it last week leading into it, that the Vols haven't had a whole lot of success against the Tar Heels all time, and that continued. Tennessee dropped a uh, game of – this blew my mind, this score. If you would have told me that Tennessee scored 92 points in a game and lost, I would have told you you're crazy. I would have told you you're absolutely crazy. Under Rick Barnes, Tennessee scores 92 points. They've got to have won the game. But no, not this time. They lose 100 to 92. They allowed North Carolina to score 61 points in the first half. Unbelievable. I, I... I sat here and watched this game. I got home right when the game was coming on, fixed something to eat. I'm sitting here watching it. And I, I, I literally think I spit food everywhere watching Tennessee play defense. It was it was so uncharacteristic of Tennessee how they played in this game. Um, I've never seen Tennessee under Rick Barnes play defense like this. It kind of reminded me – I know Big Montana, Texas, said it reminded him of the Arizona game last year a little bit. Um, The one it kind of reminded me of was the Auburn game in the SEC championship game uh, a few years ago um, when we had beaten Kentucky in the semifinals in that epic, epic game in Nashville. And then we come back the next day and just get trounced. Like, we could not stop Auburn. They just did whatever they wanted offensively. That first half the other night against the Tar Heels, and I don't know if you got to watch it or not, but that first half against the Tar Heels, North Carolina did whatever they wanted, however they wanted. Whoever got the ball did whatever they wanted. And they outscored Tennessee 61-39 to in the first half. The Vols had a great second half led by Dalton Connect, who had one of the all-time great games in Tennessee basketball history, he had one of the all-time great games in the Dean Dome. He tied uh, the record for most points scored by an op- opponent in a game with 37. Um, he probably could have had more and should have had more if he hadn't injured his ankle late in the game because he was going to the foul line to shoot free throws. So he he probably should have broken the record for points scored uh, in a game by an opponent at the Dean Dome. But, you know, give credit to North Carolina. I think they they just were executing at a high level on off, on the offensive end for them. And Tennessee was playing very poorly on the defensive end. I texted you all several times and some others. It looked like we were playing in the mud on defense. We were late on rotations. 
Um, they were late in transition. Um, it was just, you could see Rick Barnes walking off at halftime. And I was like, God, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that locker room. Cause you know, Rick Barnes doesn't show a whole lot of emotion on the sidelines. I know big Montana has been critical of that. It's just not how he is. It's not who he is. It's not how he wants his teams to play. Um, but I, I venture to say he probably showed a little bit of emotion in that locker room. They played much better. They played Tennessee basketball in the second half, I believe. And North Carolina cooled off too. But, again, I'm not – we talked about this last week. There's no time to get upset. There's no time to panic. I know I saw several people saying, here we go again, typical Tennessee. Rick Barnes in in Tennessee – under Rick Barnes has won these games quite more often than they lose them. Um, these early non-conference games, but they've lost three of them now. And those were three chances to pad your resume for later in the season. Still got some more chances coming up with Illinois and North Carolina state. And then you've got games in the sec coming up, but, uh, is Tennessee, you know, we all projected them as, and I felt like they were probably a top 10 team. They're not right now. They're not playing like a top 10 team. Can they be later on in the season? Absolutely. Will they? We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, there's some pieces of this team not really pulling their weight right now. Where's Santiago Vescovi? What, what's going on with him? Uh, Zakai Ziegler, I don't think he's fully back, whether it's physically and or mentally. He's not playing very well. Uh, Dalton Connect is is carrying a lot of the load offensively. Josiah Jordan James is is right there with him. He's not carrying that big of a load, but he had twenty points the other night. He had twenty points, five rebounds, um, two blocks. So he had a really good night in thirty eight minutes. But uh, Tennessee's post play right now leaves a little bit to to be desired. I think uh, Jonas Adu is is playing all right on the offensive end, but he's you look at his stats the other night, he had one block and four rebounds. That's not going to cut it. That's just not going to cut it. And uh, he had, let's see here, 13 points. That's great. Um, but Tennessee's not rebounding very well right now. Uh, they've been exposed against these these last two or three opponents on the glass. Um and they're still not shooting the three ball very well at all. I mean, we were nine of twenty-eight against the Tar Hills. Uh, the other night, shot one of 12 in the first half, shot a lot better in the second half, eight of 16, which elevated that. But, you know, if you look at it for the whole game, not not great. And that's been a continuing theme for the past week and a half. Now, Tennessee shot the ball well from the field, 53%. Uh, sorry, 55% for the game, 53 in the first half, 57 in the second half. Um, but just not doing the little things right now that you got to do against teams like North Carolina, like Purdue, um, and like and like Kansas, but again, it's no time to panic. This weekend, we saw several teams lose. Kentucky lost to UNC Wilmington. Purdue lost. Um, I can't remember who they lost to. Villanova, Northwestern. Was, uh, Northwestern. Villanova's been the talk of the basketball world a little bit after after beating UNC a couple weeks ago, and they lost two this week. Uh, Marquette lost to Wisconsin, who Tennessee beat this week. Um, I saw Auburn, which I don't think they're ranked, but Auburn lost to Appalachian State today. Um, FAU, Florida Atlantic has lost a couple games here early on. So, 
for those folks, Duke has lost two in a row at Arkansas. They ran into a bus all there, and then they lost to Georgia Tech this weekend. So, for those that want to panic and say, "Here we go again," you know what? You're entitled to your opinion. But Tennessee, two years ago, when they won the SEC championship, started SEC play one and three, and they turned out all right. So. To sit here and get all get your panties in a wad this early in the season is ridiculous. Is Tennessee playing at the level they should right now? Absolutely not. Can they turn it around? Absolutely they can, and I think they will. They just got – some of these guys got to start doing what they're supposed to do um, for this team to function where they're supposed to function. But I don't know if you got to watch the game, Harbin, but do you have any thoughts on it? I watched the majority of it. Um, that effort in the first half was just uninspiring. Uh, I think it's a pretty good word for it. Um, North Carolina was scoring at will. Uh, they got they got a little bit of momentum early and capitalized on it, so kudos to them. But we really didn't do anything to combat that, you know, Um we didn't get a couple stops when we needed to. Uh, we were, for the most part, we were missing open shots when we got them. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in the first half, the only person or the only two really doing anything, uh, and it and it was eighty twenty at that was Dalton Connect and Triple J, just kind of like you said. Um, and obviously, I mean we. We played better in the second half, and hell, if you don't play better in the second half, you did that first half, and get off court. Um, but we're gonna have to have the senior leadership step up if we're gonna be as good as we think we are. And Triple J has done that; he's done his part. Um. And I'm and I'm not gonna act like I'm I'm dogging Vescovi or Ziegler. Um, both of them have had their physical and mental uh, trials to begin the season. You know, um, Ziegler is uh, or what about seven and a half months post ACL tear. He's no pun intended, still getting his legs underneath him, mentally and physically. Uh, Vescovi spent two whole weeks away from the team uh, when his grandmother passed. Um, so his head's probably not fully all in it, or if it is now, I mean, he's just, he's trying to get back to where he was. Um, Dalton Connect is a certified hooper. I need to say that right now. And I made jokes back in August that I was the leader of the fan club. But I truly mean it. Um, I've got a hot take. I want niece. I need you looking at me. I'm I'm, li- I'm listening. I'm I'm reading some some info here. Uh, <laughs> part of me wants to say Grant Williams just because he had that ability to take over a game when he needed to, but Dalton Connect I think is our best offensive player since Chris Lofton. Maybe Tobias Harris. This dude is a bona fide stud. 
He's man. good, man. He's good. The son bitch can have my ankle if he needs it. Uh, we don't know how long he's going to be out or if he misses any time at all. I hope it's not long. Uh, I also don't want to rush him back. Um, dude's unreal. Uh, I have no idea how he was a northern Colorado for so long. That's crazy. Um, but getting off of that, um, we've lost three in a row. And it is currently, well, when this comes out, it'll be December 4th. Um, it's early in the year, and we've played really good competition. And like we've both said, you know, you can't can't get too upset at it. But at the same time, it's December now. Like, you've got to start locking in. And you lose by four to Purdue. You lose by, what, eight or nine to Kansas. And, nine. Uh, what was the final? Seven or eight to North Carolina. Yes. Um, I think you you at least wanted one of those. Now, I think to, like, be really happy about it, you wanted two of them. And you had a legitimate chance of winning two of those games. And before the North Carolina game started, you had a great chance of winning that. Hell, we was favored. Or I'll take it back. We was a point and a half underdog. Yeah, they were favored. We are a point and a half underdog. That's toss-up. You know, if it's inside two, two and a half in college basketball, that's toss-up. Yeah, nothing. Um, but the way you start that first half, it don't matter how good you play in the second half. That game was never in jeopardy for North Carolina. We made it look pretty good at the end. We put up 92 or 93, whatever it was. But the closest we got it was seven with, like, what, like five minutes left? Yeah, yeah they got it to seven and got the ball back. Right, yeah, had we chance. had a legitimate chance. They got it to seven and had three straight just awful possessions. I don't know that they got a shot up in any of those three straight possessions, and North Carolina pulled it back out to 11 or 12. Tennessee kind of fought back again, but it was just too little too late. They squandered their opportunity right there. When they got the ball back down seven, they could cut it to, to six, five, or four, and they, they didn't do it. And um, but you're you're right. It's at some point they got to start. They got to win one of these games, because uh, come March that'll come back to haunt you. Not having these games in your back pocket. But double edged sword. Um, I do think in the long run, uh, as much as it hurts right now, I think this three game stretch is going to help us, uh, and it may help us as soon as when we have to play Illinois and get into SEC play. Um, and then uh, is it North Carolina State that we play in San Antonio? Yeah. So the next four games for Tennessee, um, let's see. This upcoming Tuesday, I've got George Mason at home at the Thompson Bowling Arena at the Food City Center. Uh, just a little info on George Mason on Ken Palm. They are ranked 96th. Um, you know, you know me, I like Ken Palm rankings. So there you go. Uh, then this next Saturday, we host Illinois at Thompson Bowling Arena, Illinois top 25 basketball team. They are currently 16th in Ken Palm. 
that is a game that Tennessee needs to win next Saturday. It's at home. I don't know. Um, well, let me hold on a second. I'm jumping all over the place. Georgia Southern at home the following Tuesday. I don't know where, where they're at in Ken Palm. I don't care. NC State the following Saturday, the 16th. Uh, late game that night, 10 p.m. at the AT&T Center. And NC State is a disarm. I've lost them. Well, I don't know where they're at, Harbin. Oh, here they are, 68. They're ranked number 68 in Ken Palm. So uh, that's a quad one win game, I believe. Or no, that might not be a quad one game on the road um, or neutral site. But Illinois is a quad one opportunity for Tennessee coming up. George Mason is not. Georgia Southern's obviously not. So uh, still a couple chances for some good wins before you get into – um, before you get into SEC play. Um, so they need to take advantage of, of this next little stretch here and win. They need to go 4-0 the next four games. Um, Dalton Connect, last I read and saw, he walked to the bus after the game at North Carolina with a limp. He got hit with a few shells, but he was walking with a limp. Um, but he was walking on his own unassisted. That was a report. Um, I did see an Instagram post of him uh, shopping at somewhere, buying some new kicks. And he had tennis shoes on with no nothing on. No braces, no anything. He just had tennis shoes on. So take that for what it's worth. I, I don't know that you'll see him on Tuesday night against George Mason. I think they'll probably try to save him to come back against the Fighting Illini and Thompson Bowling Arena next Saturday. So... Since he needs to, they need to, they need to go four and zero this next next little stretch. If they go four and zero this next little stretch, then they'll they should win out before conference play because they played John Tarleton State and Norfolk State coming up. Um, after after NC State, so still some opportunities for Tennessee before they get into SEC play. Uh, so we'll see what they do, but I I know the sky was falling for some people last week and the. I'm just not to that point yet. I'm, I'm, uh, I guess disappointed that they didn't win one of those three games coming up because I had high expectations for this team, and I still do. I think they can make a lot of noise in the SEC. I just thought it was funny. I tweeted y'all or texted y'all this that everybody was crowning Kentucky as the new number one in the SEC, and after Tennessee had had hit a rough stretch here, and then Kentucky turns around and loses to the Seahawks at home um hoop southbound guys uh put their latest power rankings out and have dropped tennessee from one to two and put texas a&m at number one texas a&m's a good team but are they better than tennessee on paper probably not but they're going to be a tough game they're good buzz has got that program in a good spot so no time to panic uh but there is a little bit of concern in my camp because if some of these guys don't turn around how they're playing in the next few weeks, there's going to be a lot of question marks heading into SEC play. Um, and it's from guys who have contributed a lot to this program and have helped Tennessee win a bunch of basketball games. And there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of basketball to be played. Um, so they have time to turn it around. So we'll see. So, um, Tennessee's back at home Tuesday against George Mason, and then they're back at home next Saturday, big game against Illinois. 
Um, Harbin, we got a question from one of our listeners or a comment. Mm. Who do you think who do you think it is? Uh wild hair. I'm gonna go Blake Tally. You're right, Blake. I, uh, I like Blake, man. He comments on 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 our stuff here. So um he had a comment concerning our letter grades from last week's show. Okay. Uh, my question on Spotify was, what letter grade would you give UT's football, UT football's 2023 regular season? Um, I was asked about kind of the whole team, but he actually broke it down by players and position, Harbin. Wow. Uh, he rated – he gave Joe Milton a C, running backs an A, wide receivers a C. For tight end, he said not sure how to grade them. Uh, O-line, not named Ollie Lane, a B. Front seven, an A. Defensive backs with Haddon, Haddon C+, plus, without C-. minus. Special teams, a D. Forget D, the effing ball. Other than that, they were solid, he says. <laughs> so there you go. Thanks for your comment, Blake Talley. Thank you, Blake. What's your thoughts on Blake's uh, analysis? I think most of them are pretty good, to be honest with you. Um, the only one that I severely disagree with is special teams. Um, I thought our special teams were actually one of our strong suits for the season. Um, I would venture to give our special teams probably like an A-. minus. Um, B plus somewhere in that general region. Um, I'd say B. Outside of that, um, I wouldn't go outside of a half letter grade of most of the position groups that he said. So, yeah, I thought he was he was in the ballpark of what we said last week. Um, you know, we I think we rated the season as a C C plus, maybe a high high grade of a B minus, but. Um, no, he was probably right on Joe Milton's play. He left a lot to be desired at different points, but then he looked good. But I think it's – he's a C, C-plus ball player. I think special teams, he was way off on that one, though. A D. I mean, we had – and he's probably joking around, too, about D. Williams. But um, D. Williams had a punt return this year. I thought I thought the punting game outside of the Virginia game, the first game of the season, was, was excellent. Um the return game, I think, for Tennessee is something they need to figure out. I don't think they get enough out of that. Even though I know D. Williams had a had a punt return this year, but I I, I just with him back there, I kind of expected more this year than just the one, and maybe to help out the offense and get us in better field position. I I don't think I saw that that much this year. It was a lot of fair catches and minimal returns at best. Um, so I think that is, I wouldn't grade it as a D. I would give it a B or a B minus at the highest. Um, but I think punting game was great. Uh, field goals were good. I think the ones they missed, they were put in bad positions. So, um, anyways, thanks for your comment, Blake. Um, so Harbin, I don't know when we'll record next. We're kind of in a lull here. Uh, maybe we'll come back next Sunday. Maybe we won't. We'll see. Um, but uh, may take a little break here between um, football ending and the bowl season firing up and SEC play in basketball. 
uh, to recharge the batteries, Harbin. We're we're running low on 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 uh, energy right now. The energy vampires have gotten us struggling. Uh, I blame it on the corrupt time change. Oh, God, uh, I hate, I hate, I hate that. I hate coming home at five thirty, six o'clock, and it's pitch black outside. I can't stand it. Oh, it's it's sad and unfair. Um, I don't know why they do it. I've heard different reasons as to why they do, but it's time to find one why they should quit. And uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's. Real, real quick, public service announcement before we go. If you're if you're listening to this, use your imagination. But if you're watching on the YouTube, we appreciate it. Numbers have been plummeting, Harbin. We had a pretty good fall until the last few weeks. They've declined, so we got to get people back on the bandwagon. But um, I had some koozies left in my uh, truck after tailgating or in my cooler. So if this is your Yeti koozie, please claim it. And I'll uh, be trying to describe it. Oh, uh, yeah, I can describe it for so those listening. This is a podcast. That is true. Some of you are listening audio-wise. It is a white Yeti koozie with a black, uh, I guess, top and a silver power tee on it. If you're listening and you really want to see it, watch us on YouTube. Then there's a blue... Um, oh, I think it might have somebody's name on the bottom of it. Actually, Show I'm not sure. Camera. Show it to the camera. Is that a name or the or the style of can? I'm I'm lost here, Harbin. That's not. A, mm, I don't think that's a name. Yeah, I don't think it is either. Mason Orly, M A I S O N O R L Y. Never heard of that person. If it is a person, or if this is a brand name of a koozie. Uh, either way, actually, I believe uh, I believe that's Emerson's. It could be. Do you know Emerson? We need him to come here so they can show us. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> you got me? <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> prove it. Yeah, prove it. Prove it's yours. <laughs> um, but if those are yours, let me know or let somebody know uh, that you know that was at our tailgate and we'll try to get them back to you. Don't Don't try to steal these. If I don't think it's yours, I'm keeping them. I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but I might gift them at Christmas or something, maybe. Because I've got plenty of koozies. I don't need any more. So, uh, anyways, yeah, if that's yours, please let us know. Public service announcement. So, Harbin, you got any closing thoughts before we wrap this up for the for this week? No, nah, man. Um, Vols basketball needs to get back on track. Uh, I would like to see us go undefeated from here until the new year. Um, we're definitely good enough, and I think we need to do it. Um, Vol football. Um, close out this year with a win against a, depending on who you ask, at least a semi-quality opponent. Um, do that give us some momentum as an athletic program going into 2024. We need it because the Lady Vols ain't doing anything. They ain't worth shit, bro. You know, I, I don't know if he listened to this show, but guy I work with was comparing Rick Barnes to Kelly Harper. He said, quote, she, he, Rick Barnes ain't no better than Kelly Harper. That ran all over me. I, I just didn't under, I don't understand. Tyler, I'm sorry if you're listening, but I had to throw you under the bus there. 
Do I know Tyler? You, you don't. Tyler sounds like a dummy. <laughs> He's not. He well, just didn't he, like. He just doesn't like Rick Barnes. He's like some others we know. Well, he made a dumb statement. Yeah, we all we all make dumb. I've made dumb statements before. Yeah, for sure. Tyler, nothing against you if you are listening, but that was that was an idiotic <laughs> statement. Yeah, I, I I just don't understand the the hate for Rick Barnes. I, I'll never understand it. You'll never convince me otherwise. The man can coach basketball. He's won everywhere he's been. He's taken Tennessee to heights. I don't want to say that they've never been to because he hasn't got us to the Elite Eight. But where we were when he came in, he's done a fantastic job here. I like what he's doing with the team, and I don't like what Kelly Harper's doing with the Lady Vols basketball program. She's got them to a certain level. I, they're not they're not good this year and i know they're missing rakia jackson but they're they're not good um i don't know if she's that big of a difference to this team or not uh, there's a lot of questions around that lady vols basketball program right now i'm not sure that kelly harper is the long-term answer to this program uh, tennessee lady vols basketball is not a top 25 program it should be a top 10 at worst and we're not even close to that right now um, and I, there was a reason that Kelly Harper was fired at a job that she was at previously. She wasn't very good there. She had a cup of coffee success there at NC State, I believe, but other than that, she didn't do anything. Rick Barnes, on the other hand, had success where he was. Went to a Final Four, won a ton of basketball games, put a lot of guys in the NBA. He's done that same thing here, so – um to say that Kelly Harper is the <laughs> – Rick Barnes is no better than Kelly Harper. I just – as a little asinine, but Tyler, come on, man. Be better. Rick Barnes is the man. I love Rick Barnes. Uh, all right, that's – I'm done. I need to go to bed, Harbin. You look like you're uh, running on fumes too, so we're going to get out of here. Appreciate everybody listening to the few that have been listening over the last few weeks. Uh, like I said, ratings have uh, dropped off a little bit, but it seems to happen when the Vols start, when interest wanes and the Vols interest wanes in our podcast. So we need the Vols to do something controversial or win a game or something here coming up. But uh, we do appreciate everybody listening. Um, you can find us on uh, YouTube, the video version of this podcast. We're on um, anywhere you can get your podcasts. Most people listen on Apple or Spotify. Um, leave us a comment, like, and subscribe. Hit that, smash that subscribe button, as Marshall Stanton said. Smash that subscribe button, like us, um, and we'll go from there. But we have had some uh, more people are watching on YouTube now than they're listening to the audio version, Harbin. So I don't know if they like seeing our faces or. Or what? <laughs> I mean, we're we're pretty handsome. Well, guy, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll be back soon. It may be next week, but it, we may take a couple weeks off uh, with a lot of stuff going on this time of year. So we'll definitely be back to preview the Citrus Bowl and the other uh, bowl games that we care about. Um, but until then, for my man Harb. This is Negative Nice, and we'll see you guys next time on the Section YY8 podcast.